You're listening to a North Valley Community Church podcast. For more information and resources, visit us online at northvalleychurch.org. Amen. Can we celebrate what God's doing? God is good. Hey, guys. uh, Welcome to North Valley. Those of you that are new, a special welcome to you guys. My name is Ryan. I serve as the lead pastor here at the church. I've been away for the last couple of weeks. On a, on a little uh, vacation with my family and had a great time and, and really excited to be here with you this morning. We're in a message series called Divine Direction. My guess is, is maybe we all need direction uh, in our lives. It could be a direction in a relationship, a decision that needs to be made. It could be direction for a, rela- um, a relationship or it could be a, a business venture. It could be a, a health issue that you're facing and, and you're looking for God's direction and we believe that God can provide divine direction. We talked about that in the first couple of weeks. You can uh, uh, learn from wise counsel, godly people in your life. How many times that's happened in my life where I, I say, man, I don't know what to do. And I run to a friend and say, would you speak into my life? And over the last couple of weeks, you, you heard from Pastor Bob, and then you heard from a uh, uh, president uh, from the Phoenix Seminary, uh, Pastor Daryl Del Huse, talked about the importance of looking to God's word. For direction. And this morning, I'm going to talk to you about listening to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the third member of the Trinity. He is a person. He's not a force. He's not uh, an it. He is the third person of the Trinity. He is 100% God. And his job and purpose is, is to manifest the power and the presence of God in the world and listen to me, especially in the church. I have people all the time say to me, when I walked into the church, I felt God's presence. And I say, great, that's the, that's the work of the Holy Spirit. That's what he's doing. How many times for you, you think back into church services when you were there, and even in the song, and you're sitting there, and you're just like, man, you sense God's presence right there. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. He's the one that's actually the most involved in our daily lives. I would argue that all of us struggle to listen to the Holy Spirit. All of us struggle to live a life that's self-directed when it needs to be spirit-directed. My encouragement to you is to take one more step today to say, I want to live a moment-by-moment experience of yielding my life to the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. This morning, what I want to do is just show you in Scripture, in Galatians, that there is a struggle. It's real. Hello. It's okay. You're human. You don't always live by the Spirit. You don't always make decisions that are God-honoring, God-glorifying, and there's a deep struggle. No matter how committed of a Christian that you may be, there's going to be a struggle. The Apostle Paul says it like this in Galatians chapter 5, but I say walk by the Spirit. He's talking to Christians. You need to walk by the Spirit. He didn't say run. I like that because the Spirit's going to walk with you through life. He's not going to run past you in life. He's not just standing there. He's going somewhere. He's got direction. He says, walk by the Spirit and you'll not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other. Thank you, Lord, for giving me explanation that there's opposition going in the the heart of every believer and myself. I do the things I don't want to do. I say things I don't want to say. Can I get an amen? 
You know what I'm saying? How many times you've been in, in some kind of situation or you make a decision, you're like, why did I make that decision? Why did I say that? I didn't mean to. Many of you have kids and, and you know what I'm talking about. I mean, they do the things that they don't want to do and you tell them, you, tell, you say, quit saying that to your sister, quit making fun of them, quit doing that and then they just go back and do it again and again and again and again. And then they say, I'm sorry, I just couldn't help it. This is my family. This uh, last week, we went up to the White Mountains. Man, it poured down snow up there. We had three or four foot of powder. I've never snowboarded through that much powder before, but it is possible. And uh, this is at the top of sunrise. These are, this is my family. My, my old man there on the left, he is a riot, uh, Dr. Rice. He's a Christian psychiatrist, wonderful man. Um, and we had a great family time. We make it a tradition every year to get away and go do that. Maya's the little one in the, in the middle there. Uh, we adopted her. She's seven. And her um, older brother has got a name for her, Midget. And uh, I told him, quit saying that, man. That's, that's rude. Don't, don't call her that. Um, we had a good time. You can see, and, you know, we, we were there in, in taking these fun pictures, having a fun time there in the, in the lodge. And then we were on the lift one day. You see a picture of being on the lift. And, um, you know, Sam says to Maya, I hear him. Because even on the lift, you can hear what people are saying, even though you're, you're cruising along through the mountains there. And he said, he goes, Maya, you're such a midget. And she, she yells out and she goes, Quit calling me midget! And this snowboarder zooms underneath the lift and yells, Midget! <laughs> and I was like, oh no! And I hear Maya go, oh my gosh, no! I'm not a midget! Uh, we do the things that we don't want to do. We say the things that we don't want to say. It doesn't matter if you're a kid or you're an adult. You say things all the time. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt you. That's a lie. You say things, it hurts. We do the things we don't want to do. What I'm arguing is that moment by moment, most of us, if we're brutally honest, do not yield and live a life yielding moment by moment. Yielding to the Holy Spirit. And let me tell you something, friends. We're missing out. I want to encourage you just to be honest with yourself. I got a little self-diagnosis here. It's undoubtedly that we need to walk by the Spirit, live by the Spirit. The Apostle Paul says in 5.18, live by the Spirit, keep in step with the Spirit. So we need a Spirit-directed life. We need that every day, all the time. There's a self-directed life and a Spirit-directed life. Let me focus on the Spirit-directed life. A Spirit-directed life just says, I'm going to obey God's Word. I'm not going to live above God's word, but I'm going to live underneath God's word. That's a spirit-directed kind of life. Anytime you're living in obedience with the scripture, you're living you're, that moment, a spirit-directed life. When you listen to wise counsel rather than reject it, when you pray about your issues rather than complain about them all the time, that's living spirit-directed. God can use that. God can powerfully work through that and direct a soft and moldable heart who takes the issues to him and prays to him rather than just complains about it. A spirit-directed life confesses sin rather than seldomly confesses sin. Why? Because there's humility. Oh, Christians that are living a life that is just 
guided and directed by the power of the Holy Spirit. They're living a walking in humility all the time. They, they know they don't got it all together. And in their humility, God comes into that space and magnifies himself. The Holy Spirit comes in. The Bible says that God opposes the proud, but he gives what? Grace to the humble. There's an importance in that uh, when you're living a spirit-directed life, it's easy to engage in worship. You, you long for it. You love it. It's the fuel. It, it helps form you and fashion you. And in that time, those times of worship, it's like you can sense God brings a new word or an impression or an encouragement or an exhortation. When you're yielded to the Holy Spirit, listening to the Holy Spirit, you engage so easily. But when you're not, you can't even get into worship. You sit there and go, drums are too loud. Why is, that, why is Joshua wearing those shoes? Why is that girl up there? You can't engage in worship. You're, not, you're struggling. You can nitpick. You can sit there and you know what the Lord's doing? He's going, I just want you to worship. I just want you to worship Jesus. The Holy Spirit's job is to make much of Jesus in your life. The Holy Spirit's job is to help you get in line with your God-given design, which is a life that looks like Jesus. Jesus lived a life that you never could live. He lived it perfectly. And the Holy Spirit says, this is the way. This is how you do it. I want to help you. But I'm telling you guys, most Christians, including myself, fail to live moment by moment just yielding to the Holy Spirit. The more that we can yield to that, the more we're going to find God's goodness, God's favor, God's blessing on everything we do. A life that's spirit-directed, they, 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 they apply the sermon to themselves first. How many of us, when we come in to hear a message, we're like, oh man, that'd be good for my, my spouse. Circle that, star that, nudge the person next to you. Did you get that? Did you get that? That's for you. When you apply the word yourself, you know that you're yielding a life that's spirit-directed. Or how about this, creating a Christ-centered atmosphere. When I first became a Christian, I remember I'd go over to my, my Christian friend's house and I would feel the presence of Christ just through these people. Instead of hatred, there was love. Instead of dysfunction, there was harmony. There was peace. See, wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. When you're living a life that's Spirit-directed, you can move into the confusion, you can move into the chaos, and your calm can bring it down. When you're around believers that can navigate through tricky times and challenging times, the Spirit of God brings a level of peace and joy and harmony that's not human. It's extraordinary. But the reality is, is many of us have offended God and we can't hear the Holy Spirit right now. We can't feel him. Here's some questions for you. Is God's voice silent to you right now? We all as Christians go through times when, and God, where are you? Why don't you answer some prayers? I want to see a miracle. I want to see you do something. Do you struggle to feel his presence? Do you fail to see his power? You're human. The Bible says that we can offend him, we can grieve the Holy Spirit, we can quench the Holy Spirit, we can resist the Holy Spirit. The more you engage in sexual immorality, the more distant God will be in your life. The worst of all things that you can do to offend God is to harden your heart. 
When you harden your heart against God, the heart, the Bible says, is the center of the well-being of one's person. It represents the center of everything in the life of a believer revolves around the heart. When you harden your heart, you push back. You, you, your ears become deaf. God's voice, you can't hear him anymore when we harden our heart. We all need direction. One of the disciples, a guy by the name of Thomas, in the Gospel of John chapter 14, needed direction. He needed to know where in the world is Jesus gonna go. Jesus was talking about his departure. Jesus was fulfilling God's plan to come, to save sinners, to die on a cross for the forgiveness of sins, and not just to do that, but to give the Holy Spirit. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Thomas is asking for direction. Jesus later in John chapter 16 says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is, watch this, to your what? Advantage that I go away. For I do not go away. If I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I'll send him to you. I want to explore the advantage. What's the advantage of the Holy Spirit? The first thing is this, is the promise of the Holy Spirit is that he dwells. 1 Corinthians 3.16, the Apostle Paul says, do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells in you? You know what that means to me? No matter where I go in life, no matter where I travel, no matter what happens in life, the Spirit of God dwells here. And, you know, the reality is, is for people in before, when Thomas was asking that question, the old model, the old paradigm was you needed to go to the temple to find God's power and God's presence. And the new covenant promise is a radical one that we become the temple of the living God, you and me. Those of us who have placed our faith in Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God dwells there. And we can go to him anytime. We don't have to go to a priest to get to God. We've got the Holy Spirit with us dwelling in our lives all the time. Not only does he dwell, but he also counsels. In John chapter 14, we find out not only does he counsel, but he teaches it says, but the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Do you need counsel for something in your life? You have the Holy Spirit. Do you need help to understand something that you're going through? You have the Holy Spirit. He's a teacher. The Holy Spirit gives counsel. The Holy Spirit teaches and helps us to remember. I thank God that he helps remember. I can think of so many different times when I was in a ministry situation or on a mission trip, and I would say, I don't feel like I'm ready. I'd go and I'd spend time in prayer, and the Lord would just say, I'll help you. Just get up there and go do what you need to do. The reality is, is many of you, you find yourselves in positions, you find yourselves in seasons or situations that you just can't handle. And what the Holy Spirit says is, I'll counsel you through it. I might bring somebody along to send to your path and you say, well, I didn't see the Lord show up in my life. I didn't get a, my sign that I was looking for, but maybe he sent a godly individual to give that counsel that you needed. 
Maybe that morning when you opened up God's word, it just happened to be the scripture that you needed for that day to get through what you were going through at that time. I can't tell you how many times that's happened to me in my life. That's the joy of getting into God's word. You know, last week, Pastor Daryl talked about the importance of getting into his word. When you're in his word, let me just tell you something, friends, you hear his voice a lot more because you see it right there. And the word becomes alive. I always say to my wife when we're sitting on the couch early in the morning, I'm like, can you believe it? Today, we get this specific word. This was planned. This was purposed. This was for us. I just want to tell you, friends, if you've got unconfessed sin or you've got things going on in your life, you've hardened your heart today, let it be a day of softening. Let it be a day today where you say, God, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't want to live year by year. I want to live moment by moment by the power of the Holy Spirit. The third person of the Trinity, the one that's most active, the one who's dedicated to you. Jesus said it like this, it's to your advantage. This is a good idea. This is beyond what I could do for you. The person of the Holy Spirit function, role, responsibility is to give you counsel, to give Bill, to give Sue, to give Ted, to give Sarah, counsel, teaching, constantly dwell within, helping, assisting, navigating family decisions, business decisions, parenting decisions, relational decisions, who you're going to date, who you're going to marry, what you're going to do, how you're going to navigate conflict. Years ago in um, my marriage, I had the wrong approach to resolving conflict uh, in in my marriage. So we get into a conflict and I'm the one who wanted to resolve the conflict really fast. So I would say to my wife, I'd say, hey, sweetie, look, I'm really sorry that I, 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 I did A, B, or C. And she would be like, well, tell me how you think that made me feel. And I'm like, what? That was a deep question that I wasn't ready for. Or she would say, well, tell me more. Why do you think you did that? I'm like, I don't know why I did that. And then she was godly enough to say, why don't you go spend more time with the Lord and figure that out? To be honest with you, that's the best kind of heart work you can do. Go spend time with the Lord. Lord, why do I act like that? Why do I do that? Why do I say that? And the Holy Spirit's job is, hey, Ryan, I'll teach you. Hey, Ryan, I'll counsel you. Hey, Ryan, I'll reveal these things to you. And oftentimes, you know, the reality is, is once I'd get that word from the Lord, I could go back and I could say that. She'd go, man, I could tell you spend time with the Lord. Thank you. When we don't spend time with the Lord, listening to the Holy Spirit, as the Apostle Paul says, walking with the Spirit. I like that analogy. Because the Spirit of God doesn't run past you. He just walks. So he knows, hey, you're slow. Come on, come on. Come on, get up here. He's not going to run past you. He's going to walk. That's what the Apostle Paul said. Walk. So in life, you and I, we're just going through a day. I think we think about stuff way too much in advance. And you're trying to run and you're blowing past God. All the time. You know, it's like the best day is this day right here. So let's just live by the Spirit right now. Lord, what could I do? What could I say? How could I bring blessing into the situation? What do you want for me today? I'll just do that. He doesn't simply counsel or teach or dwell, but he also convicts. 
See, in that time of quiet reflection, when I get time away and I'm in a conflict, say with my spouse, he'll bring conviction. And I've found out oftentimes divine conviction leads to divine direction. See, when the Holy Spirit convicts you, he's doing it because he wants you to go somewhere. He wants to take you along this pathway of growing in holiness. That divine conviction is a step towards divine direction. Repentance is, as you turn away from your sin, you turn towards God and you get in line with his design. You walk with his spirit. You be transformed into the more and more like Jesus Christ all the time. Your conviction is a point of God's direction. What is God convicting you about? What's a big burden on your life? What is God trying to say to you? And you know, only really you can answer that. Only you can really answer that, but the scriptures promises that he comes. Look, John chapter 16, verse 8, and when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Here's a good phrase for you. Billy Graham said it. He said, the Holy Spirit does the conviction. God is the judge and we're to love people. How many times do we try to play the Holy Spirit on people's life? (laughs) Trying to convict them of something. What you really need to do is just pray, Holy Spirit, get them. Holy Spirit, you do your job. God does the judging, we do the loving. The Holy Spirit's job is to convict. You got a dysfunctional marriage? Pray for conviction. You got dysfunctional uh, workplace? Pray for the Holy Spirit to start convicting people and see what God does. You feel God's voice is silent towards you? Pray for yourself. God, would you awaken my heart to the things that are wrong, to the misbehavior, to the word said, to the things that I do? The Apostle Paul said it like this, I do the very things that I don't want to do. That's the Apostle Paul. That divine conviction is a step, I believe, towards divine direction, to getting on the right path, the right way, living a life of righteousness. Not only does he convict, but he guides. John chapter 16, verse 13 and 14, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide. He is a guide. Guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, he will take what is mine and declare it to you. I love what it says right there. It says, he will declare to you the things that are to come. That's about direction. You know what the Holy Spirit says oftentimes when you've got... uh, Uh, unconfessed sin going on in your life, hey, if you don't do this, it's gonna get bad. If you don't straighten this out, if you don't take responsibility, it's going to get bad. That's the Holy Spirit saying, I'm trying to tell you the things to come. I'm trying to tell you what needs to change right now. He declares the things that are to come. He will glorify me, Jesus says, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. You know what the Holy Spirit's trying to do? He's trying to guide you through life to live more like Jesus. Jesus is the perfect example for us to follow. 
He died on a cross for the forgiveness of sins and he lived the life that we should have lived and could never live. And the Holy Spirit's job is to help magnify Jesus Christ in your life. And when you're being guided along, when you're being navigated through the season or the situation that you find yourself in, you're going to be living more in line with your God-given design. So I talked to you about the person and the work. I was vulnerable with you to share with you that we've all got problems and we all, if we're really honest, struggle to live a spirit-directed life moment by moment. We oftentimes live a self-directed life. We go way in front of God when God's walking, the Holy Spirit's walking and saying, I want to just talk to you. I want to just navigate you through this. And we blow past him like he wasn't even there. We get up in the morning and we blow past him. And then we're operating self-directed moment by moment. And you know where we find ourselves? Rendered with anxiety, rendered with discouragement, rendered with struggling and feeling. And then the Lord's just saying, would you slow down? I want to talk to you about listening to the Holy Spirit, principles for listening to the Holy Spirit. I think the reality is, is that many of us don't listen because we're, uh, we've got, we're obsessed with noise. We're always on social media. We're always hearing the latest and the greatest. We're always watching TV. And maybe, let me just push on this for a moment. Maybe we're quenching the Holy Spirit. Maybe we're dampening the voice of the Lord. A few months ago, I was out walking, um, in the back country out here and just trying to spend time with the Lord. And I put in my earbuds and I was, it was dur- during a hot season. And so um, it was hot. And so I go on a hike, I put in my earbuds, I'm cranking out my music. And right then and there, I'm like, now, did I come out here to listen to music or did I come out here to listen to the Lord? That's a question I just kind of posed to myself. And right then I felt like the Lord said, hey, you came out here to listen to me. Just listen to my creation. Just listen to me. Don't listen to your music right now. So right then and there, just a thing, I I said, you know what? I'm not going to listen to my music. I put down it and I'm like, all right, Lord, what do you want to teach me? And as I am kind of on this little jog, if you will, a rattlesnake blows up right beside me. And it's right beside me. And I realized in that moment, had I had those earbuds in, cranking my music, I would have potentially walked right beside it and got struck by a Mojave rattlesnake. My point is, as soon as I saw that, my response was freaked out for a moment. And this was a vicious snake. I don't know if you know about rattlesnakes. Mojaves are the worst, okay? Most of those rattlesnakes are fairly docile. Mojaves, no, no, no. They're bad. My response was, oh my goodness. And then right then I felt like the Lord taught me something. And you know what he said? Not audibly, but he said this. See, Ryan, if you, you need to listen to me. And when you don't listen to me, you are going to find destruction. You are going to find trouble. You are going to find something that could destroy your spiritual life. My analogy that I want to share with you is how many times are you walking through life 
and then you move from a walk, you're not listening to the Lord, you run, you're doing your own thing, you're going your way at your speed, you have distanced yourself from God and the Holy Spirit's like yelling, hey, don't do that, that's a bad idea, that's a bad relationship, that's a bad business deal, that's a bad decision, don't do it, but you can't hear. There's no way you can hear because all the noise, all the things of your life have just choked out the voice of the Holy Spirit. So what I wanna do to you is I wanna help give you principles that I've found really helpful over my life. And these aren't promises, but these are principles on listening to the Holy Spirit. Let me give you some principles. The first one is is just simply focus on living out God's ways, not finding his will. I think we're way too obsessed with trying to figure out God's will. God, what is your will for my life? Should I marry this person? Should I take this job? Should I move to this state? My encouragement to you is to focus in a better direction. God, today I want to live your way. I want to live like the Jesus Christ in the flesh to these people around me today. And I want to see where that takes me. We focus so much on trying to find God's will that sometimes we skirt out and forget that we just need to focus on living God's way. Here's the reason why behind that principle. Because God cares more about the who than he does the do. Let me say that again. God cares more about the who than he does the do. He cares more about who you are than what you do. You you can do a lot of different things, but let me just explain it to you. I am a pastor, right? But no, pastoring is my job and my responsibility. Who am I? I'm a son of God. I'm a child adopted into God's family. I am a Christian. I am a Christ follower. And no matter what I do, that's who I am. And when you confuse that, then you get it all wrong. So what happens when you lose your job? Where's your identity? What happens when things don't work out anymore in in your career or whatever, your ministry, your organization? You feel like you've lost all sense of direction. But let me tell you something, friends, is that God's interested more in who you're becoming than what you do. That's why it's important to focus more on God's way than it is to focus on God's will. He will help you along the way. But I want to share with you it works more naturally than you do think. What, what do you care about? What do you desire? If you're in God's word, John chapter 14, the, Jesus said to his disciples, hey, it's to your advantage. I'm gonna go away. I'm bringing the Holy Spirit. John chapter 15, the gospel of John, Jesus says, abide in me. You'll bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can't do anything. John chapter 16, he says, it's to your advantage. This is really important. Here's what I want to say to you. If you're living in a relationship with Jesus Christ, if you're living under the authority of God's word, I'm going to ask you a simple question. What do you desire? And that could be just your divine direction. Your desires, I believe, are seeds for God's destiny in your life. Psalms 37, 4 says, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the what? the desires of your heart. John chapter 15 tells us if we remain in him, 
that we are gonna live a life that's honoring and fruitful to him. For me as a dad, when my little girl comes to me and says, Daddy, will you tuck me in? I love her so much, I say, that's your desire? Sure, I'll tuck you in. When my son comes to me and says, hey, Dad, would you come to my football game? That's his desire? I wanna do that. Did you know that you are a kid of God? No matter how old you get, you're a son, you're a daughter to our good, good father. Did you know that God desires to work through your desires? Let me ask you something. What are some desires that God's given you that just could be God-honoring, God-glorifying, Christ-centered things that could just be your destiny? I want to encourage you to take a step of faith and begin to say, Lord, as you live and surrendered in the life to Jesus Christ, look at those things and go for it. I want to encourage you to go with your gut. Don't freak out about a million different decisions. What's the Holy Spirit doing in your life? Some of you say, well, what if I ate a chalupa? Can I go with my gut? Well, okay, that's why you need to be a fact checker. Go to God's word. Look at God's word and see what it says. But God works mysteriously. There is his revealed will the things that are plain and simple in Scripture. And then there is this massive section in Scripture called His Secret Will, which nobody knows, but God knows. And you say to me, well, how do I know I'm in God's will? I'm gonna tell you, are you in God's word, man? You surrender your life to Jesus Christ. Are you under the authority of Scripture? Are you in His word? Yes, I am. Then I'm gonna say, what do you desire, man? What do you want? As long as that's sanctified, Thessalonians says it like this, this is the will of God that you live holy. This is the will of God that you live a life sanctified, being made holy. Be a fact checker. Here are some spirit-directed initiatives or plans that we believe are for this church. I shared that with you. Let me share with our church those of you that call North Valley home, these are seven things that we feel God is directing into our church for the new year. Number one, we're gonna expand and strengthen our staff team because you guys gave uh, incredibly generously for our year end. Uh, we were able to bring on Joshua from a worship leader to a worship, uh, not just a worship leader, but a pastor. And he's gonna take over neighborhood groups. So he's coming on at a more significant level. Craig, Pastor Craig's coming on full time. We've got two additional uh, youth coordinators are going to join Melinda, and that happened because you guys were generous and were serving. Can I say thank you? Can we celebrate that? <laughs> we're going to appoint a new elder to our team here at uh, North Valley this year. We're going to finalize land acquisitions and holding plans uh, for those properties up front that you see fenced off. Um, we're going to increase our outreach initiatives. Um, we've, we're investing money into the, our, our volleyball. We've got outreach that is going to be going on through that. We've got a missions trip to Mexico. We're planning on that. We're planning on doing a number of projects through the, uh, the North Valley locally as well. We're going to increase those areas. Um, your hope offering, by the way, it goes, we're done with that by January 15th. So if you want to help and you've got a heart or you say, I want a heart for outreach more, then fuel that. Because this, the level in which you fund is the level in which we can fuel those outreach initiatives. Um, just write hope offering. If you're planning on making a check, make sure you do that because that's, and I'll report to you next week 
for the following week on how that goes. We're going to as well launch a major resource initiative uh, to raise the, the needed resources to improve this campus in uh, 2019. Our plan is, is to open up that front building uh, for junior high and high school. Right now they meet in the Ramada and uh, outdoor environments. That can only go so long. It's going to get hot. So we can only do that so long. Our church is growing and we're going to um, continue to uh, move forward to fuel and fund ministry. We're going to build a teaching team. Uh, over the last few weeks, I, I provided some of the most influential voices of the valley. Pastor Bob's going to join me and teach uh, a number of times through the, this uh, new year. Um, I'm looking for one other person to join me in teaching so that I can give the necessary leadership to the other areas of the church as well. I'll serve as the primary communicator, but we're going to build a teaching team from this day forward. And so I want to encourage you to be praying for that and celebrate those individuals that, that come on board with us. And then lastly, we're just going to be open to anything that we've missed. Because the reality is, don't we all kind of get ahead of God sometimes? But you know what the right posture is to say, Lord, I'm sorry. I want you to lead. I'll follow you. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that everybody here would just make a step in a decision to let you lead their life. And uh, I pray for those that have never let you lead their life. Today would be a day where they say, Lord, I admit I've been in charge. I admit I have so much unconfessed sin. It's like a heavy burden and luggage that I can't lug around anymore. But today is the day that I believe that you can forgive me of that. You can lighten that load. And today's the day I confess your name above every other name, Jesus. Would you save me? Would you renew me? Would you help me? Would you fill me? And Lord, for all of us today, there we just sense, you know what? I need to take another step forward in just getting in step with the Holy Spirit. I pray that moment by moment, day by day, we would just wake up and say, today is your day, God. Today, you're in charge. I'll follow. I'll listen, I'll learn, and I'll love you in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. Thank you for listening. To become a supporter of North Valley Community Church, give online today at northvalleychurch.org.